Welcome to The 100 Podcast. It's Ed and Charlie here with you. Hope you're well. Today we're continuing our team preview series by taking a look at the Oval Invincibles. Obviously they're going to be based at the Oval in London and they're going to be coached by Tom Moody. This is a side with a lot of firepower and frankly just a lot of domestic stars and a lot of English players that I think are really going to be the faces of cricket in this country moving forward. It'll be an exciting team to watch this summer I think. So Charlie, talk us through their strongest 11 in our minds. So Will Jackson, and Jason Roy will open up the Surrey pair and then Colin Ingram comes in at three. Sam Billings will be at four and he'll keep wicket and then Laurie Evans lots in at five. Sam and Tom Curran come in at six and seven with Sunil Narayan at number eight. Then Sakiba Mood, Sandeep Lamichani and Reese Topley. Let's start at the top of the order with the Surrey opening pair, Jason Roy and Will Jacks, two really explosive openers who've had a lot of success batting together recently. Will Jacks is really a breakout star, Charlie. He's averaged 37 in the T20 Blast this summer, a striker of 170. We'll get on to Jason Roy in a minute, but how exciting is Will Jacks as a talent? Obviously called up to the ODI side recently and probably a guy who might be able to force himself into England contention during the 100. Oh, absolutely. I think he's well in of a shout there. I think he's unlucky to have not played for England already. I think that ODI series was a great chance for him and it was a shame he didn't get a look in there. Uh, I think he's just such an explosive batsman. I think we said this before about Will Jackson on this podcast. He always looks so comfortable. I remember his first few games to Surrey and he just looked like he was bossing it, which is insane for a player with so little experience at that point. I just think he has real star quality and I'm really looking forward to seeing him get stuck in. Yeah, he does just look so at home, which I think is so exciting for a player of that age. And he always looks like he can dominate the opposition and the way it goes after the bowling and hits boundaries and just attacks the opposition at the top of the order is going to be so valuable for the Invincibles. He can bowl, by the way, as well, which we'll get on to later. But let's stick at the top of the order with his opening partner, Jason Roy. Charlie, we know Jason Roy has been around the England side for a long time, part of that World Cup winning side. He'll have a lot of experience, but also a great deal of firepower at the top of the order oh of course i think he's gonna be a great great batsman to watch at the oval uh, obviously it's his home ground he knows exactly what he's doing there alongside will jacks it's just a very very at home pairing it makes a lot of sense for this side and i think it's interesting to see them trying to take the surrey identity and implant it straight away in this team in the opening pairing Indeed, and that sorry identity is very, very strong in this Oval Invincible side. I believe there are six sorry players in our starting eleven that we reckon are going to play. So there's obviously a big sorry influence, and that's going to be a big part of the Oval Invincible's identity, I guess. Looking in the middle order, Charlie, it does have a great deal of experience doesn't it Colin Ingram obviously had a lot of experience in franchise leagues and for Glamorgan he's going to come in at three Sam Billings has been around the England side for a long time at four and Laurie Evans has been very very good in the T20 blast for a long time this middle order has a lot of experience Charlie and I think that will benefit them heading into this tournament absolutely I don't think there's too much danger that this middle order is going to get particularly bogged down necessarily. I, I think that these guys had the nous and the experience to really see a side home, which is obviously a very crucial aspect. They just know what they're doing, don't they? You look at that middle order and you think, I trust these guys. Yeah, Colin Ingram is really explosive at three and as a left-hander, he adds a different kind of vibe to the side. Sam Billings, obviously good rotator of strike hits in weird areas, just very experienced. And then Laurie Evans is just very productive. And I feel they add lots of different strategies and different ways of playing bowling to this side. I think they're all very different. And I think that just means that this top five has a lot of explosiveness, but also a lot of nows that I think is important. And then 
you get some really exciting stroke makers at the bottom of the order. Sam Curran obviously could fly any up and down the order depending on how they want to use him. He's been great at the batter, especially in the IPL. Tom Curran can strike it. Sonal Narayan also might be used in the middle overs as a pinch hitter to try and attack the spin. They have a lot of batting depth and I think that they will be able to be flexible with this lineup and be explosive. Yeah, absolutely. I would not be surprised to see Sam Curran batting at three quite often. I think that's something he's done in the IPL to great success, and I wouldn't be surprised to see it to see him replicate that here. Likewise, Sun on the Ryan, I can see him getting a little uh, cheeky promotion as well. I think it's so important to be able to play the game uh, in terms of the situation that's unfolding rather than just having one plan and sticking to it. And I think this lineup allows them to do that nicely. And what's great about this lineup as well is obviously you bat deep with Sam Curran, Tom Curran, Solomon Ryan, but then you basically get six frontline bowlers as well. In Sam and Tom Curran, obviously good operators played for England, Solomon Ryan as well. But then you get Saka Mahmood, the star of the recent ODI series, Reese Topley, who's a great new ball bowler, and Sandeep Lamachani, the Nepalese leg spinner. Let's start with Sakib Mahmood, Charlie. Had a great ODI series against Pakistan. Hey, he might not play too much in the 100 because the test side might be after him but this is a really exciting opportunity for him to kind of come to the center of English cricket in the 100. Oh of course I think Saqib's a star in the making he just has so much heat so much gas I just love it when he turns it on he's so good to watch and we saw in the Pakistan series he was the best bowler in the tournament by far he just looked so at home and so right seeing him at the big stage look Saqib Amoud will be a superstar. We all know this. And I think the 100's a really good chance for him to show exactly what he can do on a global scale. 100%. And then you look at the rest of the lineup as well, and it's just so strong from a domestic point of view. Sam Curran, that left arm, will bowl on the power play. Tom Curran is probably an overrated death bowler, but he'll do a job for you in domestic cricket. Obviously, we love Saka. But then Reese Topley as well, Charlie, is a really good operator. Obviously, we know he swings the new ball, and he should take the new ball, I'd hope, for the Oval Invincibles. But he's also a much-improved death bowler. And I just think that this four-prong domestic seam attack has pretty much everything you could possibly want. It does, and I think that's especially impressive because when you look at the domestic seam talent available, I don't think there's a huge quantity of it. So I think it's it's, it's insane that the Invincibles have managed to take so much of that in one team. Um, it's great recruitment. I think it goes to show that investing in domestic talent of a high quality early doors in the draft is such a, a good way to go about it because they've managed to assemble this very, very impressive bowling attack. They've got depth options covered really nicely with Topley, Mahmood and Tom Curran. And they've got the new ball covered nicely. They've reached Topley again, so keep the new, new ball very nicely. Uh, Will Jacks might want to bowl in the power play as well. So they've got every aspect covered, I think. They absolutely do. And by the way, I think if we were looking at the seam attack, I think Tom Curran's the weak link. And that is an amazing thing to have as a domestic side when actually you look at your lineup and like, oh, the England regular is the guy who's the weakest player in this side. I think that's remarkable. Reese Topley and Saka Mahmood are really good operators. And Sakib's obviously getting a shot for England. That's great. But I do think Reese Topley is a guy who, if he had a good hundred, could genuinely make a case for that England T20 side because for a while they've struggled to take wickets in the power play and they've been experimenting with Adil Rashid there and they're not quite sure. So if Reese Topley has a good tournament, 
definitely look out for that. But then also their spin attack, Charlie, is really strong. We mentioned Will Jacks. He bowls in the power play for Surrey. He's actually had a really, really good season with the ball. You know, he's had an economy rate of 6.21 for Surrey this season. He's only bowled 19 overs, but he's bowled a lot of them in the power play. So that's great. He's obviously a good option. But it's going to be headlined by the two overseas stars, Sandeep Lamachane and Sonil Narine. These guys, Charlie are really, really high-end operators. Sonal Ryan has been around the franchise circuit for a while. He's not quite the same bowler that he used to be, but he's still incredibly exciting. And Sandeep Lamachane is one of these really exciting associate spinners that's coming through. And I think he could be a guy who could take people by surprise this tournament. Oh, absolutely. I mean, as a big fan of associate cricket, I think it's so exciting that we have this young Nepalese talent playing at such a high level in the franchise scene. It's amazing. And Lamachane is is world-class. He's such a good spinner. And Sonal Ryan, obviously, again, a world-class operator at his best. I think he's slightly on the decline now, but he's still a great, great operator. And I think it's a really interesting approach here. They've gone for the very experienced bowler in the Ryan and much more young and exciting bowler in Lamachane. But I think the two of them in tandem is a really exciting pairing. Yeah, I definitely think so. And Lamachane really is a star in the making. And what I like about this bowling attack as a whole is you've basically got seven bowling options here, right? And I think they cover the weaknesses of this side. So, for example, I think Sam Curran is an overrated death bowler. I don't think he's actually that good a death bowler. But... Unlike in other sides where he'd have to roll the death, he doesn't have to here because you have Saka Mahmood, who's got a really good Yorker. Reese Topley is a good operator at the death these days. And then obviously you've got Tom Curran. And then you think, okay, but what about the middle overs? You probably don't want the seamers bowling too much there. But then you've got Sonal Narine and Sandeep Lamachane. So I just think it's really, really well balanced there. And I think the bowling attack is something that they'll lean on. I think it's something that could be a real strength. But... Charlie, let's look at the weaknesses of this side potentially. And let's start, I think, with the balance to this side down the lower and middle order. We look at the side and obviously we said Will Jacks, Jason Roy, Colin Ingram, really explosive. Sam Billings, you know, really great player. Sam Curran is very explosive again. But they don't have that kind of true finisher in the lineup. They don't have a Ross Whiteley, a Kyron Pollard, a guy who can come in and really finish the death as a specialist, even though we know that Sam Curran can do that. Do you think that kind of lower middle order is a bit of a weakness? Do you think it's kind of that there's too many all rounders, or do you think they'll be able to kind of deal with that because of the strength and depth? I think it's a weakness relative to the rest of their squad. I still think it's pretty strong on the whole, but compared to the top order options they have, and compared to the bowling options they have, I think the finishing slot does look that bit weaker. You look at that starting eleven, and maybe you'd want someone at six or seven just to push Tom Curran down one more spot. Potentially, I think Coronet 7 might be an issue. He's a good batsman, but I'd want him at 8 rather than 7. And what I also think is quite interesting here is that we, we spoke earlier about how the Surrey identity is still very strong in this Oval Invincible side. And I think this is another area where you can see that, although maybe this is more of a negative than the other areas, which are positives, in so much as Surrey's T20 side often has a big chunk of all-rounders uh, from maybe 5 to 7 or 8, and all of whom ideally you'd want batting at six or seven at the highest and they've basically transplanted that exact same issue across here so we're sorry you see having jamie overton both currens again jordan clark all in that slot here you have the currens again and sonil narine and so maybe that's an issue although they can remedy that if they want to by bringing in alex blake who is a proven last finisher 
Yeah, Alex Blake has done that for a number of years for Kent. And I don't think he's he's not the most explosive player, but he does have experience in that realm. And you mentioned Surrey's all-rounder problem, which is obviously you know, it's a very funny structure looking at that side when they do just field four or five all-rounders sometimes. Actually, if you wanted one more Surrey player, Jamie Overton these days is a really powerful middle-order hitter would actually add something to this side, funnily enough. So maybe they needed another middle-order hitter in there and Jamie Overton might have pulled that off let's talk about the other guys they have in the squad who might come in as replacements we've got jordan cox the wild card pick brandon glover the netherlands seamer of northamptonshire who's going to cover the the seam bowling role and then nathan salter of middlesex i don't know how often these guys are going to contribute charlie because i think the invincibles do have a strong 11 but if there was to be an injury, if a couple of players did have to leave the squad, I think that bringing in the likes of Glover and Salter would probably be a downgrade for them, and that could be a concern. Yeah, I think it's fair to say that most of the additional squad members are, are weaker than the starting eleven, and that's no disrespect to the other squad members here at all. I think they're perfectly good cricketers. I just think it's more of a testament to how strong that original starting eleven is. But there is a golf there, and yeah... Look, I like Brandon Glover, for example, but if he were to come in for Saki Mood, there's a downgrade, I think it's fair to say. Likewise, Nathan Salter, he's no Lamachani. And so, you know, they're good operators, but they're not necessarily match winners. Yeah, agreed. And obviously the first 11 is so strong. So I think the Overland Invincible is going to be fine with that. But I do think if they do have to start making replacements, they could have some problems. Let me ask you, though, Charlie, what are your expectations for the Oval Invincibles this summer in the 100? How do you think they're going to go? I think it depends on availability for me. If they can keep hold of that first 11 for the majority of the tournament, then I think top three is absolutely on the cards for this side. I think it's so strong. But if they miss a few of their players, if they start losing guys and some of the reserves have to come through, then maybe it won't be so easy for them. That being said, I will still back them, and I think the top three finish is well within their reach. Agreed. I think they should be a team that really challenges because they have such a strong domestic core. And actually, we didn't touch on this, Charlie. I want to briefly. They have so many talented English players. Okay, Jason Roy, Will Jack, Sam Billing, Sam Curran, Tom Curran, Saki Mahmood, Reese Topley. Like, they have six genuine stars where a lot of teams don't. There's such a depth of amazingly talented English players. And I think a big deal of that is because they went a bit moneyball with their overseas approach. Obviously, Sonal Narine, Sandeep Lamachani, really great players, and they took Sonal Narine in round one. But then they waited a bit for Sandeep and Colin Ingram, and it does feel that they were able to, I guess, to build a domestic backbone to the team that they can build around. And it does feel that they've done a great job of that, especially Sakamud. 60k they picked him up for. That's a great buy. So I think the domestic core of this side is going to be something that's going to carry them a long way and I think that's actually a really interesting way of building the side where other teams have gone overseas 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 they've built one of the strongest domestic cores in the entire tournament and I think it makes perfect sense actually because it's a scarcity of resources thing there's only so many high quality domestic players available whereas overseas players there are so many guys out there that you can get very high quality players for quite a low amount of money and so they've taken that approach and it makes perfect sense because they've got one of, if not the strongest domestic core in the tournament here. And yeah, maybe their overseas signings came a little bit lower on, but calling Lamichani and Ingram low quality options is, would just be a lie because they're still incredibly good players. So they're just very good value picks. And I think it's a very, very good recruitment policy. 
100% because Colin Ingram, Sandy Lamajani, maybe they're not talked about as much as these other overseas stars, but they bring a lot of quality. So I think the way that this Oval Invincible side have gone around building this team is fantastic. Let me ask you before we go, Charlie, which player from the Oval Invincibles are you most excited to watch this summer? I'm going to say Saki Mahmood 100%. He's been in such good form for England lately. And I just think we're on the cusp of seeing a really big breakthrough for him. I think he could be an England regular across formats very soon. And I think if he has a good 100, he'll be well en route for that. So Saki Mahmood, very excited for him. Yeah, 100%. Saki is such an exciting talent. I'm really excited to see him play. And hey, he might be a bit of a flyer for the Ashes squad. So if he does get his chance in the Red Bull team, I'd be hugely excited. For me, I obviously, I love Reese Topley. I think he's hugely underrated, especially with the new ball. I think as a death bowler these days, he could be a guy who makes a big, big impact for England moving forward. So I'd hope to see him get a chance and I hope he has a good 100. But for me, the player to watch has to be Will Jacks. I think he's a really explosive and talented batter who can genuinely take games away from the opposition. He's a good bowler. He's good all-round package. And I think he is somebody, if he has a good 100, will hopefully hopefully get a maybe a big bash contract, maybe an IPL contract. And I think it could be somebody that forces his way into this England side, which is tough to do at the moment, but I think he is talented enough because he's an exceptional player. So there you go. There is our Oval Invincibles team preview. I think me and Charlie think this domestic core is very exciting and they should be one of the front runners in this competition. So thank you very much for listening to the podcast. Please check us out on Twitter at Podcast 100. There's loads of great content there. And please review, rate and subscribe to the podcast. It would really help us out and it would mean a lot. So thank you very much for listening. We'll talk to you next time.